Hey, Fedheads. Welcome back to another episode of Cigar Chat. Uh, Tripp and Jason here with a, uh, you know, we're I, I kind of want to make this a semi-regular thing, just whenever we don't have a guest. Kind of like how Robin uh, Logan used to do the just kind of hanging out episodes. Um, but this is a News of the Week edition. Um, we're brought to you live on Facebook, broadcast around the world in the Armed Forces Radio Network, and of course available on your favorite podcast catcher or on the, the classic YouTubes. Um, if you're watching live, we appreciate it. Uh, we're going to be talking about just kind of some of the stuff that happened this week and um, just hanging out for an hour or so. Um, so how you doing tonight, Jason? Doing great. Enjoying a little bit of sunshine. Got a cigar going and a beverage. Yeah, it's a little nicer out here than it's been. Um, excluding last, was it Thursday when it was like super, when it was like summertime? That was nice. Yeah. <laughs> Spring is coming, which is Yeah, nice. exactly. Finally. Um, so if you haven't already entered, I want to plug our Avo contest. I'm smoking an Avo right now. Uh, you can win several prizes, one of which, two of which are boxes of this cigar right here. The Avo 30th Improvisation. Oh, there we go. Look at that focus. Um, nice. If you haven't already entered, go to CigarFederation.com. Click the Avo logo on the homepage. Uh, to enter, you can win one of two boxes of these cigars, 25 count boxes. Um, you can win a Ritmo kind of like beach pack thing that's really cool. Uh, or you can win the ultimate prize, which is the number one of 30 limited edition Avo turntable. Uh, they're going to be doing a couple different versions. This is the number one of the first version in the series. They're going to do a couple different paint jobs. Um, and I need to. I'm going to post some pictures of that today. I, I forgot to do that, and I just reminded myself by talking about it. I'm going to post pictures of some of those prizes so you guys can check those out. The turntable is super nice. It's not just a display piece. You're going to want to hook this up yeah. and play records on it. Yeah, it's like a high-end turntable. It's really cool. It's really and nice. Ruben Goodblood says he's going to enter even though he's a Canuck. Um, so I didn't have a place to put it in, but if you win one of the prizes, we can only ship the tobacco prizes to uh a u.s address because of all the issues with shipping to canada but uh if you win one of the tobacco prizes um we might have to redraw that um but if you win the turntable you're getting that they've already avo has committed to uh sending that to canada which is awesome and steve christopher says where's my avo they're going out tomorrow morning brother <laughs> it takes a little while um Man, if I was Logan right now, you'd be in trouble because Logan's thing was always if you win something and then ask, that's it. You're not getting it. He's going to smoke it all and it's going to be gone. But I'm a nice guy, so I'll, I'll forgive you. You always get your cigars eventually. Yeah, exactly. It, um, this, the whole 99 cents thing makes it take a couple extra days, which is annoying. Um, and Dennis says he commented on the wrong video asking us what we're drinking and smoking tonight. Probably because he has a, a little bit of a gin hangover. <laughs> um, I mean, gin will do that to you. Um, but I am smoking, as I just mentioned, the Avo 30th Anniversary Improvisation. Finally getting some good focus here. Um, and I am drinking from my little mini kegerator that I got from Hopsy. I'm drinking some Drake's Brewing 1500cc Pale Ale. Dry hopped pale ale. I think that's what they call it. Nice. Drake's is a Bay Area brewery. I guess so. I, I had never actually heard of them. Uh, the first time I ever heard of them was when uh, Hopsy emailed everybody on their mailing list to say, we got Drake's and made it seem like it was a really big deal. Like, we're the only place you can get Drake's uh, in 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 growlers uh, and then eventually the uh, the mini kegs that I have now. And I was like, okay, I don't know if that's like a garbage brewery that I've never heard of it. <laughs> You're just like, it's the only brewery that will sell exclusively to you. But, um, I actually talked to Rob about it last week and he said they're pretty, uh, well regarded in the Bay area. And what are you drinking and smoking Jason? So I'm smoking the, uh, Drew estate Undercrown in the Corona Viva size. That's my favorite size of this by far. Um, and I am drinking some Weller 107. Nice. I love Weller 107, man. It's um, 
I mean, I know we've gotten a little bit of crap about it before, but it is the best $25 whiskey you can buy if you can buy it for $25. Uh, I was just telling Jason that I saw a place online selling it for like $200 a bottle, which is insane. I would never, ever, ever pay that price for it. If it was 35 bucks, I might. Um, but $25, it's like not not even thinking about it. It's as good as most $50 bourbons. Yeah, it's it's my go-to just standard sipping whiskey. I always have at least one bottle of it in the house somewhere. Yeah, and sometimes we have to drive all over the state to get it. <laughs> but, I mean, the the thing is we can always get it. It's always available yeah. here. It's always um, somewhere. Yeah, there's never – I've never – wanted a bottle and not been able to find one it's always been within like at, you know max half an hour driving distance which mm-hmm. isn't you know all things considered that's not that bad i've driven further for more expensive whiskeys and i'm going through the uh the comments here to see if we've got anything else oh steve christopher says he's asking about the cigars because he got a shipping notice yeah so they they did send me the sh- the labels yesterday but they're going out tomorrow morning um because we it's it's a whole thing but we get the labels printed um, or get the labels made, and then I print them and ship the winnings out. Just so and then um, before we get into the new stuff, uh, let's remind people that the March Madness is still going on. Oh yeah, make yeah, sure you I, vote I for totally that. forgot to remind people of that last night. So we have, um, we are down to what the the Sweet Sixteen, I believe. Sweet Sixteen. So and it was interesting because last round, a lot of the more favored seeds got knocked out by underdogs. So. Yeah, I was really surprised by some of them. Um, let me see which one it was. There was one of them that was like, I couldn't believe that a high-level seed got knocked out. This is bad radio. I'm, I'm looking through a list right now trying to figure it out. Um, one of the things that's interesting is that um, we've been joking around SigFed that uh, if the final four turns into all sticks from Dunbarton Tobacco and Trust, that we might rename it to the Steve Saka Invitational. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, I called it this morning the Super Steve Saka showdown. Um, oh, uh, the one that got knocked out that I was really surprised by, which I'm, I guess I'm not that surprised by now that I'm thinking about it. So maybe I was thinking of a different one. Um, the Eye of the Shark was the number 59 seed. <laughs> and it knocked out the Davidoff Late Hour, which was the number six Interesting. I guess, I mean, I guess Eye of the Shark's a classic, but that Davidoff Late Hour is is a more recent release and it's really good. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. So if you haven't voted yet, um, we ask that you only vote once per round um, because we see those numbers and we know when you're voting multiple times and then we just have to go through and like take that out when you vote a hundred times for the same thing. So don't do that, please. Um, But if you haven't voted yet, go ahead and vote. Uh, If you've already voted in this round, I think the next round starts on Monday. If I remember correctly, it might start tomorrow. Um, no, it must start Monday. That It has to start Monday. I don't know. Um, Matt is the man with the plan when it comes to March Madness. He's the only one that understands how to build and manage the bracket. <laughs> but let's get into some news. Um, so the first thing, which I'm sure everybody's aware of, but it's still worth talking about for anyone who's not, is the Reddit ban. Um, so yesterday morning, was it? Reddit announced yep. that... They are no longer allowing pretty much anything involving the sale, trade, gifting, um, creation of, or anything like that for tobacco, firearms, and alcohol. So they've banned pretty much every subreddit involving um, trading, any of those things. So like beer trade, scotch swap, uh, cigar market. Um, They even banned gun deals, which I thought was a weird one. Uh, That was basically a site or a, a subreddit where all they had was links to external sites that had a good deal. Um, but apparently that I think the specifics of that were that they said that um, encouraging or showing like instructing the acquisition of those materials. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> it, which is, um, it, w- it was a very lawyer savvy way of saying it because it, like you said, it was like yeah. enabling or promoting the sale or transfer or gifting or it's it pr- pretty much in any kind of, if you're showing people how to get in touch with someone to get something that yeah. falls under this and can't do it anymore. Yeah. So they've they've banned all those. You're not allowed to trade cigars on Reddit cigars anymore, um, which I I think is a a really bad thing for that community because that's really what that's how people get involved in the community and that's what keeps them involved. Um, yeah. 
The I mean, trades and bombs are a huge part of that group. Yeah, so I'm I'm a little worried about that. I'm hoping that they find a um I'm hoping that the Reddit community finds a way to migrate, you know, as one to something else because the two possibilities are really that either people stick around and just kind of talk about cigars there, which I think is going to happen. There's going to be a lot of cigar discussion still going on, but a lot of what happened there was trades and bombs. And I think that it would be sad if there wasn't like some sort of offshoot made that people could move to um, so that they could stay in contact with each other and keep bombing each other and trading and all that stuff. It would just, you know, it bums me out when any cigar community falls apart like that. And um, I I can see this band doing that to the Reddit community. Mm -hmm. And it's, um, it's a bummer because at, at the end of the day, Reddit is a is a community platform, and there's a yep. wide variety of communities on there. Um, in the comments below the announcement, people started talking about some trades of things that I didn't even know was a thing, and it kind of blew my mind a little bit. Oh, but. yeah. Um, <laughs> and I know one guy, I read a guy registered uh, a new subreddit called Cuban Candles uh, <laughs> for the trading of candles of Cuban origin. And it was immediately banned. <laughs> I like I don't have all the details on that. I just read about it this morning. But they That's... banned the site and they banned the user who created it. Um, so they're really cracking down. And apparently, from from what I've heard, I I don't know if there's any confirmation of this. From what I've heard, um, the Austin bomber who uh, who did some terrible things in Austin, Texas, apparently had some sort of involvement with getting some of his materials on Reddit or something like that. Um, and I think that this is a legal move that they did to distance themselves from that entirely and make sure that they're doing everything they can to stop that sort of thing. But it sucks that it's impacting cigars, beer, and scotch and stuff like that. Yeah, especially on, on the trades. I mean, I, I feel like there's there's a wide variety of other avenues for cigar trades, but I know the beer and scotch scene there was huge. Yeah, it's it's hard to find people to trade beer and scotch with. Um, there's a lot of little communities around the internet, uh, uh, like Cigar Federation or the groups on Facebook, where people know each other and then they start bombing and trading each other, and it just becomes you know a normal thing in that group. Um, and they've completely cut that part out of Reddit. So we'll see what happens there. Um, it'll be interesting to see if if this sort of happens. And then maybe there are subtle ways around it in the future, or maybe they're going to maintain this hard line and just shut down anything and everything. Yeah, and Dennis is asking if he thinks we think Reddit may go the way of dig with these new re- uh, regulations. I wouldn't call them regulations, but they're new rules. Um, I could see it happening. Uh, dig, as as people who don't remember Dig may not know, Dig was kind of the Reddit of old. It was Reddit before Reddit was really popular. Um, and they started cracking down on what you were allowed to post and what you were allowed to comment on. And, um, it just, it died. It just fell apart and died. Um, and I don't think that's going to happen to Reddit because even though the cigar, I mean, they were the biggest, or they, they still are. They're, they're the biggest cigar community on the internet with, I think they have something like 60,000 subscribers on that subreddit. Um, and uh, the beer trade was even bigger and that many people leaving a site that gets like 25 million hits a day isn't going to make a huge difference for reddit i don't think it's going to kill reddit um but it, it may kill the cigar presence on reddit mm-hmm. and i'm also a little bit curious about because the because they worded this stuff in in such a broad way that it could even impact um like if Reddit has those deals with like famous smoke shop or something. Yeah. Right? Yeah, so, absolutely. And, and, and that's a perfectly legal, legitimate thing to do. So it's weird. Yeah. It's a whole weird thing. Um, and it, it just bumps me out. So what, what else do we have to talk about? I, I've got a couple topics, but I'll let you pick okay. the next. Topic. So in, um, in cigar kind of industry news, um, there's been some movement going around with, uh, Atelier and Tatuaje cigars. It's worth noting. Yeah. Um, Sean Casper Johnson has left the company. Um, I don't know. I, I didn't, I read a press release saying that he was departing the company, but it didn't provide any details about 
if he was doing something else or yeah so so he's he's leaving the cigar industry basically so he uh he grew up working in the music industry he was a i can't remember exactly what he did he did like some sort of music oh he did fan site management that's what his whole thing was um so back in the day he used to run fan clubs online for a bunch of different bands um and that's kind of where saints and sinners came from and so he's actually going to stay involved with Saints and Sinners as one of the kind of as kind of like the leader of Saints and Sinners, I guess you could say, um, and like head moderator. Um, but he's leaving Atelier for a, a job in the music business. Um, and then because he was kind of the he was kind of in the leadership role of Atelier um, to streamline things. They're actually merging Atelier with Tetuaje or Havana Sellers. Um because they were operating as separate companies that were kind of sister companies before. And I think that uh, this way Pete can keep the same staff managing both of them uh, mm-hmm. and, and streamline things a little bit. There's some potential benefit there with impending regulations. Mm-hmm. Um, the path to substantial equivalency might be more straightforward there since Tatuaje predates yeah. uh, the stuff. So Yeah, a lot of the... Uh, a lot of their lines, the red and the brown, and I think I'm trying to remember when certain ones came out. I, I think, think the, the old black label was yeah, right. Yeah, the old black label. Before. I think the uh, the tubos, the Viroku and the black tubos. I think just missed the cutoff. I believe those were summer of 2007. Yeah, so that, that that's interesting. Some movement there, but I don't. My personal thought is that we're not really going to see. Yeah, I don't think it's going to be a big difference. Anything going on there? They will kind of continue operating as is. I, I think the only real difference might be that you see more Atelier product popping up at shops that have historically only carried to Tuahe because mm-hmm. now they'll be on the same price sheet. They yep. won't have to have two separate accounts. Um, and we're going to take a quick break because I'm a little bit late on this. Uh, so we'll be right back uh, with more news of the week. Brought to you by Gurkha Cigars. Gurkha Cigars, makers of the world's finest cigars. Try the 93-rated Heritage, featuring Rosado, Ecuadorian Habana wrapper, Nicaraguan binder, and Dominican, Pennsylvanian, and Nicaraguan fillers. Blended by Gurkha's blending team at American Caribbean Cigars, it's hand-rolled Nicaraguan, available in 35-count boxes. Talk to your local B&M about the Heritage today, or talk to them about other fine Gurkha cigars. Whatever your taste preferences, Gurkha has a cigar that's right for you. And we're back. Um, we were saying during the during the break, if you guys have anything you want us to talk about, feel free. Like this is um, since we don't have a guest this week, I like doing these kind of shows because it's more casual. We're just kind of hanging out, talking about the goings on. Um, but if you guys have questions or anything you want us to comment on, feel free to drop it in the comments, and we'll we'll get right on it. Um, so the next thing is the big thing, which is the premium cigar exemption was not included in the uh, fiscal omnibus for 2018. A lot of people are really surprised by this, but honestly, I'm not that surprised. It's been overlooked in past omnibuses and not just I I have a hard time believing that that's purely because uh, there were a lot of Democrats in in Congress. Um, I think that it's more because it's such a small piece that they don't want to uh, put any funds towards it when funds are already going where they want them to go and stuff like that. They just don't want to cause a ruffle in this huge omnibus that anybody has any opposition. To. They just want to get it done. Um, so the the interesting thing, the thing that made a lot of people really hopeful here is that the House of Representatives included the, la- the language for exempting cigars uh, in September or August when they approved this bill. Um, but then when Congress, I guess, rewrote the bill, the, the language for the cigar exemption was just gone. Um, which is unfortunate. I mean, it would have been great to like suddenly have all the weight lifted off of the cigar industry, but you know, I I wasn't too hopeful of it. I'm uh, not to say I'm cynical about the whole situation because I really think that at some point it's going to hit the fan and the FDA is going to realize that they don't care as much as they think they do, um, mm-hmm. or somebody's going to tell them that they're not allowed to care. I I think one of those two things is going to happen at some point. It's just a matter of time. I think. Um, I think what I'm expecting is for dates to keep getting pushed back and pushed back and pushed back, and then eventually it goes away. Yeah, and I I certainly wasn't surprised. I think that the political environment has enough going on that it feels like the two 
political parties are really focused on the next election cycle and you know saying that they were able to save cigars is not going to help them much there it, yeah. it's kind of a small segment of the total population and then another thing too is that i, I was kind of doing a little bit of reading today and it seems like congress generally has not intervened much at all when regulating authorities like the fda do stuff it's like they tend to just kind of let them operate and do what they do and stay out of it, it it's pretty rare that laws are made to s- specifically stop a regulating body of some kind from doing something yeah um and, and another thing worth noting is that the the omnibus that they signed is of course uh Following up to the last omnibus, it's basically if if you're not familiar with how it works, it's basically the budget for the next year or several years. Sometimes, usually, it's just the next year um, for the entire government. Um, and the current one expires tomorrow, so they were under also under a time crunch, and I think that's why they didn't want any opposition to anything. They just wanted to get it done and out the door um, mm-hmm. because then we would if. If they didn't, we'd be facing a government shutdown tomorrow afternoon. Yep, and it plays into the political game. If um, if at the end of the day the Democrats didn't want to see premium cigar exemption, you know the Republicans may have conceded that to get mm-hmm. something else through. It, it's just all kind of part of the game. Yeah, um, but that's that's enough of FDA talk. We we like to, <laughs> I mean, FDA is important, obviously, but we like to talk about it as little as possible because it makes us sad. Yeah. Um, the, the, the one kind of um, I'd, I'd say it's an add on story to that that was cool is that uh, Rocky Patel was able to appear um, on a Fox News show. Uh, Carlton and, Tucker. Yeah. And, and I watched a segment. He got a solid four minutes to sort of give his spiel about the cigar industry. And he did a great job for the time he had. Yeah. And um, th- that's actually that's something else that I wanted to talk about that I forgot to put in my notes. So thank you for bringing that up. Um a really interesting thing about that is he had he had basically four minutes. He just did his spiel. He he hit every bullet point that you would want to hit, saying that uh, you know this is a a premium product that kids don't smoke, and it's family businesses all the way down for the most part. Um, and the thing that really surprised me is there were several people on several different cigar media sites or not media sites, but cigar social sites like Reddit and Facebook groups and a couple other sites that I saw people who were completely unaware of the situation Mm -hmm. with the FDA. They were completely blissfully unaware. Um, and then they posted to say, I heard this on Tucker Carlson tonight. Is this real? And, uh, it's, it's staggering that somebody who's involved with one of those communities is still unaware. Um, but it also says a lot about the case that we all need to make. Um, I mean, th- the public is mostly unaware that this is happening. Yep. And that's part of the reason that we're not seeing as much movement as we want is because even though the cigar community has been reaching out to congressmen and um, representatives and stuff like that, they're not hearing anything from the rest of the country. Um, so I think there's a lot of work to be done. And they are, um, I think it's, I don't remember the exact date. I know they're opening comments for exemption of premium cigars in a few weeks the mm-hmm. fda um and they're i i mean i feel like so far they've opened for comment and just nothing happens like yeah. no matter how many they get unless it's in the millions they're probably not going to do anything uh the other one that i think it's open for comment now is they're looking at a nicotine limit which yeah. is weird yeah i i don't know if that's open for comment yet um but that, uh, for me, that's the most terrifying thing the FDA has done yet. Um, like, if all of the other regulations are set in stone and actually go through, and everybody whose cigar was on the market before 2007 goes away, or after 2007 goes away, and like everything goes south, I think I still think that's the worst thing that could happen because that means that certain cigars. I mean. Part of the problem is that I don't think the FDA has a good enough understanding of how cigars work mm-hmm. to, to regulate that efficiently. They're just going to say the maximum is this many parts per million of nicotine or this many milligrams of nicotine per cigar. And it's going to be like you can smoke a 100% Connecticut shade uh, Seiko like Petite Corona. And that's that's the yeah. max. Um, that's the scariest part to me. And it's still sad because it still proves that the FDA 
is looking at cigarettes and cigars the exact same. They're not differentiating the two because a cigar is not a nicotine delivery system. I mean, nicotine is it's in there for sure, but they would really need to, to accurately set some kind of a limit. They would need to get a machine that is able to test how much nicotine the body absorbs from smoking a cigar because you don't inhale a cigar. It's yeah. absorbed through soft tissue. So I'm not sure how you would test I mean, how much so the, nicotine you get. My feeling on that is that they don't care how much yeah. <laughs> you absorb through soft tissue. If you inhaled the entire cigar um, all the way down to the nub and then inhaled it in a pipe until there was nothing left but ash. Uh, I think that's what they think people do with cigars. Yeah. <laughs> and it's just crazy. It's like, I don't know. It's weird. But there we are. That's one of those things. Hopefully, hopefully something can still be done, but it's out there and it's happening. So, yeah, um, I'm trying to think of what, what, what other news there is. The, the only other thing that I have on my list is something we barely, we don't have much information on yet, but the new warped Lancero that's coming out, the moon garden. Uh, it's, oh yeah. It's a 70 by 40 Aganorsa Puro, uh, with it's all obviously all Aganorsa tobacco with medio tiempo, um, and limited to 640 boxes. So it's going to be another like black honey situation where people are scrambling for them when they come out. Mm-hmm. Uh, kind of a random news thing is I was sort of looking over the review, the last towards the end of last month, I think it was the Habanos festival concluded mm-hmm. and I don't follow Cuban cigars closely, but it, it, it's always kind of interesting to see what Habano's essay is up to and what they're coming out with. And they, they have like, like a bunch of products come out it, it seems to be continuing the trend of, they are coming out with some larger ring gauge stuff and then they're like super limited things. One of the things uh, I, I think there was some more Maduro's this year, right? I think so. I was, I was I was just looking through the list of things and I was trying to see if there was a Maduro. But one thing I, I always give Habanos credit for is that their ability to come up with these crazy special edition humidors and boxes and these oh, yeah. display cases. It's just it's next level stuff. It's yeah, really they've got awesome. they've got that whole thing on lock. Um, but I mean, that's that's part of why uh, selected tobacco like the Atabays, the Byrons. The reason they're so expensive is because they're designed by the by Nelson Alfonso, who also designed. Uh, I don't know if he still designs a lot of that packaging, but I know in the in previous years he had done a lot of the jars and a lot of the packaging for Habanos SA. Mm-hmm. But that's always kind of neat to see see what they're coming out with with that stuff. But for the most part, it's not things that are obtainable to your average person. Mm-hmm. All right, we're going to take another quick break for one of our sponsors. We'll be right back after this message. This show is sponsored by Cigar Oasis. Don't spend all your time worrying about your cigar wrappers cracking, splitting, or falling apart from humidity fluctuation issues. Set it and forget it by choosing Cigar Oasis, a professional solution which provides equal distribution of humidity with precise electronic controls. Monitor your cigars through the internet using the smart humidor Wi-Fi attachment. Why don't you spend all your time enjoying your cigars and relaxing and let Cigar Oasis protect your cigars? Cigar Oasis has solutions for any humidor. Make sure you set it and forget it today. It's a cold win, too. It is a cold win, and we're back. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, so Jerry Stash says, hello, guys. How you doing, Jerry? Thank you for watching. Um, we're just here hanging out, talking. Uh, Ruben Goodblood says that the Atabay are so delicious, and they are. I love those cigars. Like, Yep. Um, I've, I've talked about it on the show over and over again until i smoked an atabay i didn't think there was any way they could be worth 30 dollars um after smoking one it was like all right i get it it's it's good and i i just smoked one last week i think it was like last tuesday or something about a week ago and man those cigars they're just fantastic they pack so much flavor and they're so like elegant and refined um i love them i need to do a review of an atabay at some point they're good Dennis says that there seems to be a focus leaning towards more full-bodied cigars in the Cuban market. Um, I think part of that is because Americans buy a lot of Cuban. Um, mm-hmm. There's a number, but I don't remember what it is. It's surprisingly high, the number of Cubans that actually end up going into the U.S. Um, compared to the rest of the world. It's not like 50% or something, but it's higher than you. 
Yeah, and most of the most of the I think as people try to get into Cuban cigars, if your primary experience is um, Nicaraguan cigars, I mean Cuban cigars are such a different game. It's it's yeah. like a, a full body Cuban is still nowhere near a full body Nicaraguan. Yeah, so. it's like a it's like a, a medium bodied Nicaraguan. Mm-hmm. Oh, and, and Ruben Goodblood also says the construction on the Atabays are flawless. Yes, like yep. Those I, I took a macro shot the other day and posted it on somewhere. I think I posted it on Sigfed um, of an Atab- of the Atabay that I was smoking. Like those those cigars just look perfect. The construction is perfect. Um, I've never had one that seemed off at all. If you haven't smoked an Atabay, go get one. And actually, that that brings me to another piece of news. They launched their Lancero last week. Oh yeah. Um, really want to get I, I need to buy some of those because i'm really looking forward to trying that blend in a lancero i think it's going to shine um because they don't have a lot of small ring gauge stuff in their lines no they don't and that's i mean that's cool that's something that those atabays that to me that's just a great special occasion cigar like get that lancero wait for the perfect summer afternoon and just enjoy yeah it's the kind of cigar that is like uh, a celebration cigar when you're celebrating something, the Atabay is always the right choice. <laughs> kind of like a, like um, John always said, cigar surgeon, that in order for a cigar to be perfect, it has to rank up there with like a Padron 26 Anniversario. And the Atabay does that easily. Mm-hmm. Which also, um, that reminded me of another thing. Uh, it's Oliver Navad. He's their, uh, their sales manager in the U.S. It's his birthday. And it's also Avo's birthday today. Um, so that's why I was smoking this Avo cigar that I've finished off now. Um, so happy birthday to them. Rest in peace, Avo. Do you have anything else to talk about, Jason? Um, I think I, I was trying to think of like random hot cigar stuff right now. And the one thing that came to mind is the uh, the Roma Craft Craft 2018. Oh, yeah. That thing is selling out like insanity. It's, it, it, yeah, it's like so, a hot toy for Christmas. <laughs> so I, I did some calculations yesterday based on the number of cigar, the number of boxes and the number of five packs that Cigar Federations, um, because I, I don't have access. I, I don't manage the store or anything. I just run the community. Um, I, I bought two boxes for myself, and I, it, I noticed that when I clicked the button, there were 50 boxes in stock and 35 packs, which means they had 75 boxes total. Or, sorry, 65 boxes total. And they sold every single one in under 30 minutes. Mm-hmm. It's for a $14 cigar, $15 cigar. That's impressive. Yeah, because <clears throat> it's um, it's 150 for a box. And it, it's a cool box. Um, if you haven't seen it, you know, go search for it on the Internet. They have this metal kind of band that encompasses the outside of the box. Uh, yeah, and they're individually numbered. They're actually made by uh, Wicked Anvil, who, if you've ever seen pictures of Romacraft's headquarters, they've got all of this really cool, like, steelwork stuff all over the place. Um, and Wicked Anvil does most of that stuff, which that that makes me wonder how much those things cost. Yeah. To have those produced. Like, maybe they, maybe they got them for a favor, but uh, they don't look cheap. That's for sure. Because if you look at it, it, it looks like a piece of sheet metal that has been folded and then they either stamped in the logo or used one of those water jets or something to cut it out. And that's yeah, some kind of cutter. Um, Cause that's it's not like a the Romacraft logo is cut out in the metal. And then so mm-hmm. is 2018. It's man. That's one of the coolest boxes I've seen. But it's I don't cool, know how those things, in my humidor. <laughs> if you see that somewhere and want it, don't hesitate because you have a matter of seconds before they get sold out. Apparently. Yeah. They're, Flying off the shelves. Dennis says some exciting stuff is happening with the Cubans. Yeah, I mean, they're. Um, I think they're finally starting to catch up with the market, with their, um, with the style of the cigars they're producing. I hope that they can keep up the quality because their quality's always been uh, mm-hmm. iffy. Uh, the, yeah. The the problem personally for me, the problem is if I pay ten dollars for a Cuban, it may or may not be plugged. And if I pay $10 for a Nicaraguan or a Dominican cigar, I know that it's not going to be plugged. And if it is, um, it's like, you know, a needle in a haystack. I was yeah. just unlucky that day. With uh, with Cubans, it's more like a 50-50 chance. And it's really just a difference in, in how they produce and pack cigars. They're, they're not using tobacco that has been aged for long periods of time. I mean, they pretty much 
they pick the stuff, they do exactly what's needed to cure it so that they can make a cigar out of it and they crank out cigars. Yeah, but for the most part, I mean, there are wrappers that they're fermenting for five years and stuff like that on some of the higher end stuff. Um, with with non-Cubans, there's a lot more fermentation than you think there is, I'm sure. Like, that's why you can get, there are, there are cigars out there that are eight bucks that have 12-year-old wrappers on every single one. Um, because that's that's just the way that they produce their tobacco. They age it for uh, as long as they have to. Um, they're not on a timetable. And in Cuba, they're always on a timetable. Mm-hmm. And I think um, every time I talk with someone who smokes a lot of Cuban cigars and is heavily into that, it's like you can't approach a box of Cuban cigars with the mindset to where I'm going to buy this box and just smoke it. It's like you smoke one, maybe you need to let that box sit for a year or two and then go back to it. Uh, and, and a lot of times closer to five years. Yeah. Chico so. Ray, what's good? Thanks for watching, brother. Let us know. We're just we're just hanging out talking about what's going on in the cigar industry. Let us know if there's anything you want us to talk about, anything you want us to comment on. Um, um, a random thought that I was just having was uh, there does seem to be a lot of um, cigar companies getting into the alcohol game. Mm-hmm. Um, we're seeing some whiskeys coming out. Room 101 has a gin, which yeah. is... They naturally go together, but there's uh, it's definitely not cheap to get into alcohol. So not even a little bit. Like <laughs> that's um, a lot of resources. From from people I've talked to, it's something like you're looking at about a quarter million dollars just to get bottles produced and labeled and stuff like that. Like before you're even getting liquor into those bottles and stuff, you're looking at it's it's a huge investment to get involved in the liquor industry at all it's way different than like like beer you can just make beer you make a beer you get it the label approved you can sell it um with with liquor you need there's a lot of uh government involvement in the liquor making process Mm -hmm. so that's that's interesting it's it seems and liquor distribution is tough too because it's state by state so Mm -hmm. it takes years to get liquor distributed nationally yeah like what we're seeing with uh i mean um I, I don't know if anybody could make a whiskey and have it be more in demand than John Drew Brands. Like the the demand on that immediately was off the charts because mm-hmm. everybody who's everybody who likes their cigars wants to try it. Um, and I mean they're only in like three or four states now, and they've got a plan that goes like two three years to get into yeah. each state. And I think that's still just like half the states or something. It's a a very long and arduous process mm-hmm. some states are liquor controlled some aren't so it's a little bit different everywhere yeah but it, it's cool I, I think it's interesting I, I think that as um as people kind of get more stable with their cigar side of the business they, they kind of see the liquor as a good add-on product because naturally yeah. most people enjoy cigars with something so yeah exactly and um if if it's somebody like uh like take room 101 gin for example i trust matt's palate mm-hmm. i know i know the kind of cigars that he likes and i like most of his cigars a lot um and i think that he's got a good palate for that kind of thing so i want to try his gin because i want to see what he thinks of as you know kind of the perfect gin um and same thing with like ezra zion has their whiskey coming out at some point i don't know when it's actually coming out going to be available um but it's you know that's another thing where I trust their palates with cigars because I know the cigars that they release and the cigars that they find and uh, end up end up releasing and blending and stuff like that. And I know that I like all that stuff. So I'm interested to see what their whiskey palate is like. Um, mm-hmm. And I can see a lot of people do it. Yeah. Especially because uh, the liquor industry has a way smaller chance of drying up than <laughs> the cigars industry at this point. Mm-hmm. It's true. If, if you can get a, a good foothold and there, I mean, there are tons of small little craft liquor companies that just make like three or four different things. And, and they've been going on for like 10, 15 years just doing that. Yeah. And um, I mean, maybe it's my imagination, but I perceive it as a more uh, as as having more cash flow than the cigar business. The cigar business, you're always investing back in tobacco. And mm-hmm. I feel like the liquor business, once you've got it running, it's a machine that can pump out money if you have enough yeah. people buying it. Uh, yeah, whis- whiskey's probably a little more difficult because you have to age it. Yeah. Um, but especially products like gin, 
um, you know, you, you just make gin. So, yeah, gin's pretty cheap to make, as we were talking about last night on the gin, gin episode. If you like gin, watch that. We had a lot of fun, and we we tried some new gins, which is always fun. That was cool. That that kind of kind of inspired me. I want to go out and get some gin, try to make some interesting springtime gin drinks and pair them with cigars. Yeah, gin is interesting because uh, even though gin is, in my opinion, really good, I love gin on its own. Um, gin has a lot more influence on a cocktail than like a whiskey. Mm-hmm. Like if you make a Manhattan with a fifteen dollar bottle of rye and a sixty dollar bottle of rye, it's going to be different, but it's not going to be that much different. Uh, yeah, the flavors are very similar. With gin, the flavors have a much wider variation, um, so they can have a lot more influence on the flavor of the cocktail. Yep. Whenever I go out, if I order a gin drink, I always ask them what kind of gin they're going to put in there. Yeah. Because if you end up with a bottom shelf gin, that's it's not pleasant. Yeah. Man, my kids are swinging and hitting the house. That's the background <laughs> noise you hear. Let's see. What else is going on in the world? Let's see. Um, oh, just... uh, so the, the, Jason, you, you won't really know what I'm talking about. And I barely know what I'm talking about. But Coop posted the other day. Um, he did a, a live video that I watched about how the Laguna Champagne Bar shut down at the Palazzo, which um, I, as my understanding is that it was originally called the Circle Bar and then they renamed it. Um, but that was like, that was the hangout during IPCPR last year. Um, and even more so in years prior. Uh, and it just, it just up and disappeared when they renovated the, uh, the Palazzo, which is sad. Uh, it's the question that it leaves everybody with is where do we smoke during IPCPR now? Like, um, you need to find somewhere that's open till four in the morning where you can smoke cigars and drink. Um, cause that's going to be the place where everybody goes. Yeah. And I've, um, it seems like um, I have not been to IPCPR, but just going to Vegas for fun. It is more and more difficult to find a place to smoke there. Um, you you can't just light up got, anywhere. Especially when you've got like, I don't know, seven or 8,000 people in the cigar industry that are there. Um, it might not be that many. It might be closer to 4,000. I don't know. Um, but still, the, when I was at the Circle Bar, there would be 100 people, 150 people there. Um and you can't fit that many people into any of these cigar places, like the cigar yeah. specific places. Nobody can fit two or 300 people in there. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's going to be hard to find a good bar unless, unless they reopen that, that circle bar, which would be nice, but I, I don't see that happening. And there's not too many, um, there's not too many like open air, big bars in Vegas where a bunch of people could go smoke. Yeah. The, um, there might be, I mean, I don't know. It's hard to tell in Vegas whether, like, if there's 50 people who are sitting there spending money, they're probably not going to kick out all 50 people. Yeah. And it's like, what's what's that one place? Is is it, they make really good mojitos. Is it, is it called uh, the Rum Bar or something? Oh, Rum Bar, yes. Yeah. So, so R- Rum Bar is cool, but I've also just been there hanging out. And at a certain point, Rum Bar can turn into a Vegas nightclub on you. Exactly. You don't necessarily want to just be hanging out, having your cigar in the middle of all that. Yeah, last year there was one uh, there was one manufacturer who kind of rented out half of Rumbar in an afternoon, and which was nice because that way you didn't have to fight for a place to sit. Which usually, like when it's starting to get later, that place fills up really quick. Mm-hmm. But we'll see. I mean, we'll see if we can find a good spot to hang out. This might be the year of. Oh, Will Co- Will Cooper says that the place I recommended at the MGM was great. That place is so cool. Um, so they replaced a bar i don't remember what the bar was used to be called but they replaced it it's all the way in the back of the mgm to the right uh if you've ever been there it's down by like where david copperfield's theater is okay like right next to the lobby almost uh it's called whiskey down and it's like this super cool like it it feels like a cigar lounge even though it's intended to just be a bar that happens to have cigars um okay. it's a really nice place though. Uh, that's cool and they, they've got a ton of whiskey um, I feel like that might be a good place to hang out, but that's almost as far away from the convention center as you get. Um, so everybody would have to, you know, take Ubers there and back. Um, oh, and uh, Coop's complaint about the rum bar, which is totally valid. There's so much hookah there. Oh, yeah. Um, it's It doesn't really interfere with the cigar smoking, but if the place is three-quarters hookah smokers, they're going to be annoyed by the cigar smoke. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, 
there's less room for cigar smokers. Yeah. Every time I've been to rum bar, it's like I hit it up earlier in the day or in the afternoon, kind of before they get into their nighttime stuff. Yeah. So <clears throat> that seems to be the ideal time. It's late night. It, it turns way into more of a, a lot of, you know, EDM and techno kind of music and just a difference. Yeah. yeah. They have a DJ come out and it's all dark and flashing lights and stuff, which isn't, it's just not the ideal environment when you're trying to talk to people about cigars. Uh, Chico Ray wants to know if we've had any of the Liga Pravada mini tins. Have you had any yet, Jason? Um, no, I haven't. I've smoked, uh, I gave away about a half a tin and I've smoked about almost a half a tin. I think I have like one of each left. Um, so th- there's, uh, there's an upside and a downside upside their MSRP is two fifty per cigar. So you're going to pay 25 bucks for a tin. I've seen them as low as 20. And I feel like as time goes on, those prices are going to drop a little bit. And we're going to start seeing them in like the $17 range. Um, the downside is they are uh, short filler and machine made, but they're still using the same tobacco. So it's kind of like a uh, slightly lower quality version of a Papas Fritas. You're not getting that exact um, Liga profile, but you're getting 70, 80, 90% of it, somewhere in there. I haven't smoked one recently enough to know off the top of my head, but um, I think they're really good. And it's the kind of cigar that I could, like, I buy a tin of them, I could stick it in my back pocket, and when you're walking somewhere, like, if I'm, uh, when I go to Seattle, I buy tins a lot, because I, I go there for work, and it's like a 10-minute w- walk from work to wherever I'm staying, maybe 15 minutes. And I want to smoke, but there's nowhere to smoke there. I can't, I can't mm-hmm. sit on, the, stand on the side of the sidewalk and smoke for an hour, hour and a half. Yeah. Um, but what I can do is I can walk around the block a couple times and smoke a 15 minute cigar. And I think that they are wonderful for that kind of thing. Um, I don't think you're going to find better cigars in tins. Tins are hard because usually yeah. they're kind of like low quality tobaccos. They're all Viso or something like that. And the advantage of this is that you still got some of that strength there, even though it's not blended like a long filler cigar or even a, a mixed filler cigar. Um, you've still got the same tobacco, so you're still getting those core flavors. And, you know, it scratches the itch for a It's nice to have something that truly is something that you can feel like you've gotten what you want to get out of it in 15 minutes or so. Because there's a lot of small cigars, but most small cigars still take me 30 to 40 minutes to smoke. Yeah, and, and that's actually, I think that's one of the advantages of machine maids is they smoke a little faster. Um, because, like... A Mamba Cheeto. I, I have one in my little travel humidor around here somewhere. Um, those take me like 40 minutes to smoke. Yeah, I pick it up exactly. and I think this is going to be a nice quick 10, 15 minute smoke. Then I can go back inside or go do whatever I'm going to do. And I end up sitting there for almost an hour. It, it's not what I'm looking for out of a tin necessarily. Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's a good little cigar. It's a great little cigar. But, um, you know, it's nice to have like a 10 minute cigar. Yeah. And that's kind of like like the blessing and the curse of something like the Mamba Chito is that it is a very good cigar. So you don't want to rush it and you don't want to just smoke half of it and toss the rest. So yeah, exactly. Especially <laughs> if I'm staying in a hotel, I can't carry around half a cigar and mm-hmm. leave it in my hotel room and it's going to be stinky the next day. Um, oh, and Chico says he actually got a pack of the nines and the T 52s for twenty one fifty. See, nice. I mean, that's, that's $2 and 15 cents per cigar. And that's, 10, maybe 15 minutes of league of goodness. Yeah. That's Speaking of which, uh, I mean, we missed our last break. So I'll just say the last 10 minutes of us talking <laughs> about league of tins are our ad for, for Drew estate tonight. Yes. Uh, Drew Cause estate. I got, I'm I got talking about that and forgot under crown Corona Viva. Oh, that Corona Viva. It's good. <laughs> I, I still remember the first time I smoked a Corona Viva. I, I couldn't find them anywhere. It was, it was during that period of time in 2015 where, Undercrowns had kind of just come out uh, within like a year or two, and the Corona Viva was a newer Vitola, and I hadn't smoked one yet, and I got one on Safari, and it was like, wow, this is so much better than the regular one for me because it yeah. got that little bit of extra Lajero. Yeah, because I, I, the first Undercrown I ever smoked was like like the Grand Toro or something, yeah. and I was like, this is a good cigar, but then I smoked the Corona Viva, and I'm like, wow, this is exactly what I was looking for. Yeah, I totally agree. I love that that. Uh, Corona Viva. Um, Chico Ray says underground Corona Viva. Um, so the Corona Viva is the Corona size. It's kind of a Corona Gorda. I, I don't know the exact measurements. I think it's like 
six and a quarter maybe by 46, I want to say. It's definitely a 46. Yeah, six and a quarter sounds about right. Might be six, might be five and three quarters. Um, but it's the same blend as the regular Undercrown, just dialed up just a touch. Um, and it's actually the same blend they used in the Shady that they did and the Dogma that uh, they did with Cigar Dojo. Mm-hmm. Oh, and Jack Dawson, if we've tried the Wise Man, um, the Wise Man, the original Wise Man, I love that cigar. Like, I was blown away when that cigar came out. Um, to me, it wasn't quite as good as the Sober Mesa. I like the Sober Mesa a little bit more just because it's a little more in my wheelhouse. Like, those chewy, like, licorice kind of flavors in the Sober Mesa just get me. Um, but I love the original Wise Man. And then this year at IPCPR, Cigar Surgeon. Uh, Logan and myself sat down after the first kind of half day. The beginning of IPCPR is weird because the first day that it's officially there, it hasn't really started. But we managed to get some Wise Man Maduros and we sat down at an empty bar where that was closed for the next like two hours. And we smoked that cigar and all three of us were blown away. It was so good. Um, And I don't remember where that was on our list. I think that was our number three cigar of the year. It was definitely top five. Um, yeah, but I mean, when I smoked that cigar for the first time, it was instantly my number one of the year. The only reason that it that it moved down a couple slots is because I smoked some other stuff that I liked a little bit more. Um, and Chico Ray says he's interested to see if he can find some of the Corona Vivas. I think you should be able to find them. They're pretty, they're fairly readily available. The problem is just that some uh, some shops that are like bigger ring gauge shops don't carry the Corona Viva because it's a smaller ring gauge. Mm-hmm. Yeah, most most shops that carry Drew the the full Drew Estate portfolio will have these, mm-hmm. and it's good. I think um, I think this is one. I think Sokka maybe tweaked this a little bit to his liking. Could be. I don't know. I, I, don't I feel remember. like he was saying that, but it's possible. <laughs> um, Jack Dawson wants to know how the Wise Man compares to the Tabernacle. Um, Ooh. So I would rank the, between the Wise Man, Wise Man Maduro, and the Tabernacle. The Wise Man Maduro is is my number one from Foundation. Tabernacle is my number two, and the regular Wise Man is my number three. So my reason behind that is I'll let I'll let Jason talk about it in a second, but I want to talk about my thoughts first. Uh, the Wise Man Maduro is like spice bomb, but not super, not overpoweringly intense. Uh, it's got like that dirty kind of gritty flavor of the uh, from the San Andreas with a little bit of sweetness to it. Um, and then the tabernacle kind of flips that where it's more sweetness. It's still got a lot of spice and it's still got a lot of underlying earthiness. Um, but it's, it's heavier on the sweetness. What do you think, Jason? Yeah, I think that, um, in the, in the tabernacle, what's interesting is that for me, the Lancero of the tabernacle sort of stands out from the rest Mm -hmm of the tabernacle line. So that's kind of always what I think of when I think of the tabernacle. And I think it has more overall richness to it, but it, it's just a much heavier cigar. Um, and it, it has, um, it, it's more of a, a full body kind of Maduro earthy big experience. And I think that the wise man Maduro is, is a more balanced cigar. Yeah, absolutely. That's a great way to put it. So I, I think there's, there's going to be more occasions where I would reach for a wise man Maduro than I would a tabernacle just because of the nature of the two blends. Yeah, I, I agree with that. That's a good way to put it. Um, yeah, the, the wise man Maduro is a little more versatile. I think mm-hmm. that can be a lunch cigar or a dinner cigar. The, uh, tabernacle is firmly a dinner cigar. Yeah. It's got that power and that like almost put you to sleep strength that, that some, stronger cigars have like that's a that cigar is a heater uh and chico ray has another question he wants to know our opinion on the arturo fuente magnum r i love those i think that's like um so i'll, I'll go back to the way i was talking about the tins of the Liga Privadas a little bit i feel like the magnum r's are kind of like 80 percent of an opus x they've got that risotto wrapper they've got a lot of the flavors that the opus x have without kind of the like additional complexity and aging mm-hmm. but for like whatever the price is like eight bucks to 10 bucks um i i like those a lot and we're actually going to feature one on an upcoming uh, sharing our pairings we got one 
Um, so we've we've taken a lot of the cigars that we got at Pro Cigar this year, and we're we're as as you've seen, we had the uh, La Volcada the other day or the, two weeks ago. Um, at some point soon, we're gonna have a. This is a spoiler alert because I haven't we haven't scheduled it yet, so we're not sure when. But we're gonna have the Arturo Fuente Double Chateau Rosado, mm-hmm. which I didn't realize even existed. I'm not sure that they're even out yet. Um, but those were in one of the one of the boxes that we got. So I'm really looking forward to trying that out because I really like those risotto wrappers from Arturo Fuente. How do you feel about those, Jason? I love them too. It, it's a great cigar. Like like you said, it's sort of a it's like a step below the Opus, but it's the like right price light. point. Mm-hmm. It doesn't. Um, it it's not going to age like an Opus. It's not going to have that complexity. But I also think that if you're smoking one fresh. Um, it doesn't have that intense white pepper that opuses have when they're on the fresher side. So it, it's more of a cigar that, you know, you can just grab right from the shop, light it up. Um, I, I tend to let my opuses sit for a little bit. Yeah. Jack Dawson has a good question, which is how does Cigar Federation pick the cigars of the month? Um, we're actually not involved with that. So that, that's the um, uh, a lot of people may or may not know this. So I, I run the community side and the media side of cigar federation so i manage the website and most of the facebook page um and i i set up these shows and stuff like that obviously um and then we do our our media coverage like when we when we go on trips and stuff like that and we we write we either write about it or do a show about it or something like that um and then the guys who run the cigar federation store take care of everything involved with the store. They, they select what goes in the cigar Federation cigars of the month. Um, I know what it used to be, but it's changed a little bit because the industry has changed. It used to be basically whatever's the newest stuff that's coming out. Um, you know, they'd get a bunch of boxes of the newest. I'm smoking a, a Jacob's ladder here from Southern draw. So when the Southern draws come in, they set aside a certain number of those for cigar of the month. And that way they're, they're giving everybody new stuff. The problem is now um, new stuff is hard to come by these days. We're not getting new releases every couple weeks like we used to um, because the FDA. I'm sure that'll change if the FDA stuff turns around. But, you know, um, as, as I've said before, I, I don't choose the cigars, but uh, I've been a subscriber for the Cigar of the Month Club since before I was involved with Cigar Federation, if that's saying anything. Um, and I've I've never been dissatisfied with a month's worth of cigars. I would agree. It, it's a great cigar of the month club. I think that you get, they I think they do a good job of of giving you stuff that you've heard about and you want. But then yes. there's there's also always something in there that like maybe you you hadn't heard of before. That's a great cigar. Yeah, like this month they had the uh, Providencio. We had them on the show a couple weeks ago, um, which I was really impressed with their cigars, especially mm-hmm. their tobacco selections. They've got some weird tobaccos that they're using. Um, and I know both of their main blends have been in the Cigar of the Month Club now. Yeah. Um, and it's just kind of, you know, getting getting people the new stuff, letting people try mm-hmm. that new that new new. And Anthony Rosicki says they have no lounges but his buddy has a small walk-in with Fuente, Drew Estate, Alec Bradley, some Altadas in general. Um, but it's kind of a bare-bones selection. Magnum R's are his go-to. That's a good go-to. Like um, mm-hmm. Magnum R's are uh, they're one of my last resorts. If I go into a store and they don't have anything new that I've never smoked before or anything that's hard for me to get, um, I'll always pick up a Magnum R. I love those cigars. It's very reliable. We should, uh, we should do a review on those at some point because those are good. Yeah, that, that, that would be kind of interesting to do maybe like a review series of, of some of these cigars that are that have been mainstays for such a long period of time, yeah. you know, that, that are just a good, if you go into a place that has more, just a common variety of stuff, like I know I always have certain things that I'm going to grab. Yeah, exactly. I, I, th- I think we should work on that, doing some reviews of the stuff that's kind of our daily smokes that we've never reviewed before. I think that's a good idea. Any other uh, anything else you want to talk about before we close out the show here? I can't think of anything. We actually covered a pretty good amount of stuff there. Yeah, I think so. That was a fun show. Um, and of course, thanks everybody watching live for watching um, and participating and asking us questions that we got to answer. I, I enjoyed that a lot. Just kind of like, what do you think of this cigar? And then we talk about it. It's nice. It, it, had, it had such a great flow, especially yeah. like at, at the end of the show. Yeah, so, I think thank so. You. 
yeah, we'll uh, we'll be back with more of these. Um, I'm gonna try to do at least one every couple months, just whenever we whenever we have a spot that you know is open for a bit, and you know uh, try to try to keep at least one one time slot open every couple months so that we have time to do this. Um, so thank you all for watching. Um, thank you to all of our podcast listeners for listening. We appreciate you guys out there in droves, as the surgeon would say. Um, and of course, thank you to all again to all of our live viewers for commenting and asking us questions and, and just interacting with us. That's what we like. Um, and of course, thank you to all of our armed forces radio network listeners. It's a little late, so I'm going to have to do some careful editing. Um, but you know, I'll figure that out. Um, we appreciate you guys out there doing things we're not built to do. And we'll be back next week with a new episode of sharing our pairings. And we don't have a guest yet for, uh, for cigar chat. So, uh, if I don't have a guest, we might do another one of these. We'll see. Everybody have a great weekend. Smoke some good cigars and uh, enjoy. 